we got another day of NBA action. And with FanDuel, every night is a watch party. So it's time for your FanDuel crew to make their bets. So, what's the move tonight, gang? You know the new customers who bet $5 get $150 back in bonus bets? We're heating up, fam. Bet all the stars with all your friends and make every moment more only on FanDuel. New customers bet $5, get $150 back in bonus bets. Make every moment more with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Twenty-one plus and present in Virginia. First online real money wager only. Ten dollars first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable. Bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See full terms at FanDuel.com/sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call one eight hundred Gambler. Hey everybody! Welcome to Latter Day Lesbian, the podcast about an ex-Mormon gay girl just trying to figure out her life. That's and me. Shit. Yep, that's you. We talk about you a lot. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like? My ears are always burning. Because we talk about you so yeah. much. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, you know what? Today, Shelly, is not all about you. I have to I have to split time with three other share. people today. I'm going to uh-huh. share today. Oh, yeah. Oh, there's one. <gasps> We've got guests today. What? Yes, you do. And there's another. Before we get into it, we need to cue... That's my line. Stop. Retract. <laughs> cue music. Hello, 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 hello. We welcome you today. Shelly, would you like to introduce our guest today? Let me first talk about how this came to be. So special guest Carolyn came to our party. Mm-hmm. And I meant to spend time with Carolyn, but it just didn't happen because, I mean, drinking and partying. So There's a lot of people there. There were a lot of people. To be fair. Yes. I think you were drunk. Well, there could have been that. <laughs> I am not always drunk. Other, other guest who has not yet been introduced. <laughs> uh, so we decided, hey, let's hang out with Carolyn. And we met tonight at a restaurant. And just before that, good friend Jamie texts like, hey, I'm an alcoholic. Should we meet up and drink? Jesus. She didn't really say that, but she always wants what to meet hell? up and drink. <laughs> I did kind of ask about happy hour. There we go. She's agreeing. And we're like, hit two birds with one stone. Um, But we were actually very excited because these two lovelies have a lot in common and not in common, and we're going to discuss it. So we have Carolyn on my left, Jamie on my right, and that's who we're bringing in. Yeah, and so today's topic is transgender topics. I don't know. How do you you say it? Transgender people. People. You are people. people. That is true about you both. People who need people. Oh, my God. Really? Is it luckiest? Uh huh. We're all people. Luckiest people. Oh, you could say, I want to be where the trans people are. I do. <laughs> Thank you, Disney. I know. Okay, before we jump into that, because this is going to be super fun and I'm excited, but I do need to attend to some business because we had another, of course, great Patreon week. Thank you, patrons. Seriously. We love you so much. And and now that we have our special guests here and they see all of our equipment, you guys get we're not just pocketing the money and like going to Vegas. I mean, we actually <laughs> have... Mean- shit we have to pay for so we do appreciate your there is literally a room full of equipment in here true, true story true story That's and mary true. has it all completely figured out and mastered really? at this point i mean uh-huh. just really? sit down push a button uh-huh. and it just, just, just happened yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah i know we didn't spend like an hour trying to like figure out all no, the levels and no everything. didn't mm-hmm. so uh anyway people who have joined patreon in the last couple weeks thank you so much here's who we have 
Patron number one, Dominique N. I would love the name Dominique. I wonder what she goes by. Maybe, Maybe Dominique. Dominique. <laughs> Perhaps. <laughs> cool. All right. Second one, Lauren H. I'm assuming Lauren is. Okay. Mm-hmm. Is this every time? Every, we're this is what I'm doing this? today. Okay. Amber P., also known as Amber. <laughs> <laughs> we also have Allie F. Her nickname is Allie. Uh, and then finally, this is a good one, Deb. <laughs> What's her nickname? <laughs> there isn't one. There's not even a last initial. So, Deb, thank you. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Appreciate that so much. And as a reminder, if you would like to support this podcast, please visit patreon.com slash Lesbian to sign up. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Okay. Oh, no. Oh, well, you can go there, too, shall We do we? have some really fun stuff on there, though, honestly. You know what's we, weird? What? I am a patron. <gasps> Of, of Latter-day Lesbian? Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> on a $6 level. And I do this. <laughs> we have higher tiers, Mary. <laughs> Jesus. Just well, the $6? I, I know. Isn't that funny? <laughs> no, I do this because it's weird because I'm basically Wait, paid. wait, wait. Sorry, I'm interrupting. <laughs> $6 level doesn't get you on the show. Why are you always on the show? <laughs> That's a good point. Oh, man, busted. Okay, I'm out. Um, no, I do this because it's weird because it's basically like I'm paying myself, but Patreon gets a cut. I do this because I want to make sure that our videos play like they should for everybody. So right. that's why I want to stay a $6 patron so I can watch all the videos. So thank you, Mary, for your patronage. Mary, thank you for your patronage. <laughs> you are so welcome. <laughs> Have you ever announced Mary? Yeah, wait, I was just going to ask Where's that. Where's my show? Okay, and one more patron for last week. We have Mary R. Last name R. She goes by Mary. <laughs> and her underboob is incredible. Okay. Again, always <laughs> with know? the underboob. Leave it Seriously. in, Dan. Okay, so this um, episode was a little thrown together because we all sort of came together randomly at yeah, dinner. Yeah, we were getting, we were at dinner, and then we were like, before Jamie got there, we're like, Carolyn, they started telling us about their story, and we were thinking, oh my gosh, do you want to be on the show? This is an amazing story. This is incredible. And Carolyn was like, yeah, but I'm moving in a week. We're like, cool, <laughs> we have next week. And then they're like, well, my grandma and my dad are going to be in town on Tuesday, so... How about Monday? And we're like, well, how about tonight? And Carolyn's like, okay, cool. And then we knew Jamie was coming. Like, oh my God, we can get Jamie too. Yeah. And have you ever noticed that whenever Shelly is imitating someone, she uses the same yes. voice? It's so true. It's always Should the I same switch voice. It? Yes. How about, and then Carolyn was like, yes, I would love to. Is this <laughs> is right? that it, No, it's worse. It's I have much to, worse. <laughs> it is. I always use deep man voice. It doesn't matter who I'm imitating. Even <laughs> no, my kids. Can I, can I have the higher voice, please? Uh, <laughs> can I have the deeper voice, please? Do we take requests? And then Carolyn was like, I would love to. And Jamie's like, I'd love to come too. <laughs> I just want my own voice. Can I just it's have my like own gold, voice? Goldilocks. Oh, the thing, you know, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so that's Papa Bear and Mama Bear. There we go. Or Baby okay. Bear. So we have been wanting to have an episode featuring transgender people. And our good friend Kimberly, A, who's also mm-hmm. a patron. Was Hi, like, Kimberly. Love you. Love you, Kimberly. She was like, you might want to have some trans people on your episode. <laughs> good, call, good call. Good yeah. call. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Right. And so the stars aligned this sure evening and we were all we were all came in the same place. And we we're like, let's let's go make a podcast, damn it. Let's do it. So we actually didn't plan this ahead of time. So we're gonna really be winging it. It's gonna be very organic. It might suck, it might be fantastic. We don't know. Either way, we're gonna serve it up to the people. We, that's what we we're sure gonna do. Because that's sure what are. we do, Shelly. Mm-hmm. Okay, so how do we wanna get this started? 
Do each of you want to take a few minutes to introduce yourselves and give, you know, a little rundown of your story? And for sure, I will interrupt you and ask questions. Yeah, we ask a lot of questions. I don't know if you know us. (laughs) (laughs) We like to talk and we ask a lot of questions. Good. So Carolyn came by our booth at Capitol Pride in D.C. They braved the rain. I know. It was a crazy wet day. I couldn't believe anyone even showed up for Pride. I was amazed, actually, that anyone showed up at all. But you know what? Those pride goers are like They're stalwart, proud. They're proud faithful people. people, and they just came out anyway. I was so there. Carolyn was among them. That's right. You were there. You were there too, nice. Jamie. Yes. Oh, it's like a little reunion. I know. <laughs> so Carolyn snapped a picture of our banner and then made a note, mental note later, I'm going to go check out this podcast, and you started listening. And I, I did. I did start, a list, start listening. Yes. Yeah. How, when was that? Was the, it was in June. Yeah, it was like the first June week 9th. of June. Second week, first week of June, yeah. I think. Mm-hmm. Somewhere yeah. around then. Yeah. And so you are visiting this area, though. Well, I'm here for the, I'm living here for the summer. Okay. Because I'm in college. Um, so I'm just working here for the summer. And what, do, what are you doing again? I'm a political intern. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is a good place for that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they've got yeah. all the politically. Political shit yep. going on here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they do that here. They do it. So you started listening to the podcast. And, and what's interesting about that is you are not religious. No. Well, so my extended family is religious, but I myself and my kind of like my mom, dad, family is not super religious. We're actually Unitarian Universalist, which is super fun. Yeah. We love the UUs. They're great. Um, So I started listening to the podcast and I was surprised at how much stuff I could really relate to, even though I it's obviously very different. Um, But a lot of like the family stuff, I was like, oh, I've definitely had that conversation before in a different way. But I've had it. And so then I sent Shelly an incredibly long email after hearing your guys' podcast where you talked about trans people for the first time. And I was like, here are my personal feelings on that. I sent you some articles. Um, and then we got talking and then I came to your party. Right. That's yeah. what happened. So it was after an episode where I was talking about that I was basically firing questions at my friend Kimberly A., who's a trans woman. And before then, I had never met a trans you just say trans person? Here's, yes. the, yeah. here's the thing, and this is my pre-apology. This is all still very new to me. I get the lingo wrong, and I try to remember, and I try to correct, because I really do want to be so respectful and understanding. But I'm, but I'm also learning at the same time, because, and I'm sure a bunch of our listeners who grew up very Mormon, you're not raised with how to treat people who are in the margins. You just don't know. Or I was asking her a lot of questions. She was answering them, and then I received Carolyn's message that was fantastic message and also saying sometimes it's exhausting sort of having to teach everyone about transgender issues. transgender issues and it kind of dawned on me like yeah that would be exhausting and so I replied we kind of struck up a conversation you came to the 100k download party it's too busy to really hang out because again like Jamie says I was drunk um, <laughs> but very busy we had a lot of people it was a great time but I wanted to get a chance to, to sit down and actually talk and so that's how we got to where we are now mm-hmm. so what was it about the podcast that made you reach out and then let's go back through more of your coming out where uh-huh. you got to be where you are yeah so I think I reached out because I could tell that you guys actually cared and you weren't just like ragging on people or like being rude and stuff. Um, and so I knew that you were able and willing to listen. And so I like, I didn't, I wouldn't just reach out to people who I didn't think would receive it. Um, I knew that like you do make an effort to answer letters. So I wanted to reach out and I also, I don't know, I like talking, I like sharing my story. So, awesome. and I don't know, I think it's something that we need to talk more about. And mm-hmm. I think it's something that we need to think more critically about because I think a lot of people are just like, oh, I don't really understand what's going on. But then if we just take a second to like think about it and talk about it, then there's a lot to a lot to find out. 
So do you want me to go into my yeah. my story now? Would love that. Yes, would love that. So I grew up in Massachusetts. So like a pretty liberal area. I definitely like knew gay people growing up. Two of my really close family friends um, were gay. My best friend as a child had two moms, which was great. And so I came out as queer at, I want to say 15 or something, kind of a young age. I was like, I think I'm attracted to men and women. So it's that, I have, I'm going to, I'll be interjecting the entire mm-hmm. time. So queer. When I was growing up, queer was just a derogatory term. Right. What does queer, when you say you came out as queer, what does that exactly mean? Yeah, so I think queer is a word that the LGBTQ community has really reclaimed. I like it because it's not too specific. It kind of leaves room for possibility. It leaves room to be like, I can love who I'm going to love, and I'll figure that out when I get there. Okay. It's like um, saying I'm not the, yeah, the norm. I'm not the norm. Okay, There's cool. some some little funky going on or yeah. exciting, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. But I'll figure it out when I get there. Gotcha. And so that was pretty much non-eventful, except I came out when I came out to my more extended, more religious family. I remember my grandmother said, well, how do you know you're not a lesbian? And that was the first thing she said. And I said, well, how do you know you're not a lesbian? <laughs> Grandma. <laughs> so was that more <laughs> acceptable to her? Yeah, would being a lesbian be better I, than... I, no. I, that's well, we a weird a, thing to say. I yeah. agree with you. It's like a totally kind of... It's like, did you want me to be a lesbian? Like, <laughs> it's weird. Yeah. It, it's all, you know, Mary, I remember, in, I'm sorry, I'm jumping no, in right now. Yeah, please jump in. Yeah. But Mary, I remember there was an episode where you kind of talked about this hierarchy of, yeah. of yeah. kind of queerness and 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 the societal acceptance of various things. And, it, and, and you're right. I think like now trans people are somewhat ascendant, like we're starting to get recognized mm-hmm. and accepted, mm-hmm. but there's still like. Maybe older people or people who aren't as comfortable, and it's yeah, it's, like it's, grandma's it's, probably like, I just got used to lesbians, you guys. Yeah, right. I, I love that you yeah. used to like, being a lesbian. And now you might also date other people. <laughs> yeah, and then you're like, you're 15. You don't want to talk to like your grandmother about who you're going to be dating. Conversation you want to have? No. Awkward. Yeah. It's like, can I just have that cookie? I mean, still, <laughs> yeah, you're 15. Yeah. Like, you know. God. <laughs> so, so I did that. That was ex- that was exciting. Um, and then, <laughs> or terrifying. Well, or terrifying. Yeah, uh-huh. Um, I mean. I was kind of in like a rebellious part of my life though where I was like screw you I'm gonna be gay and you won't like it but everyone was fine with it so yeah so that's what happened and then in my junior year of high school I had this moment where I was looking in the mirror I had just come from working out I had longer hair so I had my hair up and I took my hair down I was just getting ready to go in the shower and then I was like oh no that's wrong Something just snapped in me um, where I was like, my body is not the right body. Wow. Mm. Um, And when I tell that to people, sometimes I had like a very, a close friend, which is really disappointing, tell me that that was internalized misogyny, which I don't think that was because I think I I know what misogyny is. Yeah. And I think it's one of those things where you just, you know. Well, and for someone to tell you what your feelings really are is kind of effed up. You know, it's like, don't tell me what my feelings mean. Yeah. You don't get to (laughs) interpret my feelings. Yeah. Like, are you in my head right now to know how I feel? No, I don't think so. How did that feel when she said that? It was just like, really? And she was like a a liberal person and someone that I really looked up to and respected to and to just kind of have her shut me down like that when I was, and that was really before I was out to anyone. And so I was being, we'll egg her. (laughs) Please don't. I still really like her. Oh, mind. We love you. uh, (laughs) Random girl that was hurtful toward Carolyn. Okay, go. Do we need to cut that out? No. So, and I don't know, I couldn't really like explain what it was, but I was like, uh, this is not what's going on. And I, don't know, I like couldn't look in the mirror for a week. And I just remember uh. feeling like, 
I was going to die. Not that I was going to die, but that like my life was over. Why? That I don't know why. Just like like I would never be able to be happy or out. So or, did you realize that you were so different now that it was the different was too far gone and there's no normalcy ever yeah, again? Is that what? Okay. That was kind of the, and yeah. I was like, it's over. Like Ugh. I will never be able to be to be around people and have people see me and understand me for who I am. Because the person you saw in the mirror didn't feel like who you really were. Well, it was more that I knew that I had this thing now, and I would never be able to share it or never be able to be it. Uh, were you going to hide it? Or understand it. Yeah, I was okay, going to hide it. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, and I was just oh, going to... I went back and forth for a really long time about what I was. Because I was having these feelings, and I was like, what's going on? I don't really understand. And I remember crying to my best friend, being like, I think if I was braver, I would be a man. Mm. And Do you still think that's true? No, I don't think that's true anymore. And I think that was more me wrestling with, like, I feel like I need to do something, but I don't know what that is yet. Mm. And I think that I I knew the word non-binary, but I didn't know what it meant to be non-binary. I was like sitting on the couch Googling, like, what is non-binary? What do you wear when you're non-binary? Like, what do you do if you're non-binary? How do you be that? So you're reading the definitions. Were you then trying to fit yourself into a definition or trying to see if the definition fit to how you felt? There are just like so many words. There's like gender fluid, gender queer. Like there's a lot of terminology. And I didn't really feel like what I was seeing described what I felt. Because I think non-binary sometimes denotes an absence of gender. I still feel like I have a gender, but it's just not the one that you think it is. So do you look at it as like a combo or just something completely different? So so that's another thing. I really struggled for a long time because I felt like I was giving up being feminine. And I still feel like I have some of that in me. And I was like, do I have to just dress like a man now? And I really, I really struggled with this for like two years, just tearing myself apart about it. Wow. And I was like anxious and crying. And Did you tell anyone sad. in the point or just your best friend? I Who just told knew? my best friend. Okay. I, I think the first night when I initially experienced it, I went up to my parents and I was like, I don't know if I'm a woman. I don't know what's going on. And they were like, okay. And then we never talked about it again. Oh, <laughs> uh, um, wow. And then I made them read Becoming Nicole, actually, which is a really good book that I recommend. It's um, about a trans woman who transitions in high school. It's a great book. And I made them read it. And I was like, this is what's going on. And they were like, this seems really, really strong. Like, hate's a really strong word. And I was like, but I hate my body. Like, I can't mm-hmm. be in it. Mm-hmm. So I was really struggling with this for a long time. I didn't really know who I was or what was going on. And then I kind of realized that I didn't need to define non-binary as dressing like a man. That being non-binary is being something that is completely outside of the binary. That's the point, right? The word means not in the binary. And so I think when we define it as between the binary or in the binary, that doesn't really make sense. It's like a whole nother space. And so it doesn't mean androgyny as we typically think about it. It means whatever you are. And so for me, sometimes that means that I do dress like a man, but sometimes that means that I wear dresses. And non-binary means a lot of different things for a lot of different people, um, which is something I definitely want to emphasize. And yeah, so it doesn't always mean androgyny. It doesn't mean that you have to give anything up. And so that's something I finally came to that realization where I was like, I can just occupy my own space of gender that isn't between somewhere, right? Because I think we often think about it as like a spectrum and on one end or between. And I just feel like I'm in a totally different space. I really like that description of because so much of gender discussion is, first of all, it starts off binaries, but, but then people talk about like the spectrum like you just used, but it's really like another dimension almost. It's yeah, like, exactly. It's not that's two, exactly it's not two it dimensional. Is. It's like there's a gender space that's much 
more broader. And if you're only thinking of two points or even kind of a spectrum along one line, you can't even imagine what's perpendicular to that line, if you will. Exactly. That's that's exactly how I feel. And I was like, I think it's pointless to define non-binary along that spectrum. And I'm just going to be somewhere else. I like that. And so I don't know if any of the listeners are, are having questions in their heads, like, what does this even mean? So you talked about sometimes you dress more like a woman, sometimes you dress like a man. Is there anything to do with like who you're attracted to as to how you're dressing? And it might be a weird question, but I'm just super curious. What? How does non-binary then come into who you're attracted to, or does it have nothing to do with it? I think I would also even push back against dressing like a man or dressing like a woman. You're right. Absolutely um, right. And just, I dress like myself, and sometimes it means that I wear dresses, and sometimes gotcha. it means that I get called sir, and mm-hmm. that's okay, and all of that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm like 20 years old, so I don't yeah. really know how it plays in. I'm <laughs> we'll just kind of figuring it out. We'll have you back in five years. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think it's just, I'm trying to radically be myself. Yeah, so it has nothing to do with who you want to attract. That's what I yeah. want to get at. Is people no, no, are so set on what I, who you want to sleep with, and that's not what it is. It's right. who you feel you are. And I think that was another part of like being gay or queer. I was mm-hmm. like, I actually don't need to dress to attract male attention anymore. And so I think that was part of a freeing thing to be like, I'm just going to dress how I want to dress. And so I get up in the morning and I'm like, today I'm feeling really mask. So I'm going to wear a button down shirt or today I'm really feeling really femme. So I'm going to do something else, you know? It's awesome. Shelly, could I say something about the, um, like you were talking about gender identity and sexual attraction. Mm -hmm. And and I think um, many people are are used to thinking of those as, as kind of one concept, but Uh they really are two concepts. Mm -hmm. And you know, someone can identify as, as male or female or non-binary or kind of in this large space and who they're attracted to can be just as varied. Mm-hmm. And so a transgender woman can be straight, meaning she like is attracted to men, mm-hmm. or she can be lesbian, meaning she's attracted to women. And if you look at the non-binary mapping, people can be attracted to almost anyone, you know? So our society has conditioned people to kind of normalize straightness in yeah. a certain way. And I think people get hung up on when someone talks about being transgender, they immediately go to the sexual aspects mm-hmm. of it. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and it's not just that. In fact, that's not even the most important part often in whatever discussion you're having. You know, the trans woman that I know the most in my life, she feels like she is a lesbian, which I know for me, take me back five years ago, I'd have been like, well, why, why are you becoming a woman if you like women? Just stay a man and like women. You know, it didn't make sense to me because I was taught in such a small way of thinking. I also think that talks about how we view a lot of gender as attracting attention. Right. Whose attention are you trying to attract and how are you going to dress to attract that attention? And so I think that gender can be more than that. So I hope that I can dress how I want and people will still like me, but yeah. I, I still like you. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> but you're not wearing like a Prairie Trek dress. So no. <laughs> for me to like you. Um, did you want to tell any of your story before we jump to Jamie? And then we'll go back and forth. I think the last thing I want to say on this is, so after I had this whole like, oh my God, I don't know who I am. And then I had this realization that I could just be whoever the fuck I want and it didn't really matter. Um, and then pronouns. So that's a whole nother thing. I think that's something that people don't always think about is that deciding who you are, deciding how to talk about that, and then deciding to project that into the world. Those are completely different processes because all of the stuff I've already talked about is stuff that happened in my head and stuff that didn't really happen with other people. And so now we get into stuff that happens with other people and that comes with a whole nother set of challenges. And so 
introducing myself with my pronouns, making it known that those are the pronouns that I wanted to use, and then like making that information public, like putting it on my social media, or I wrote an op-ed in my school newspaper. That was a whole nother step. And then correcting people was a huge step. Was this part harder than coming to the realization within yourself? Was it harder to then come out with everything? I think that once I came to the realization, I was like, fuck everyone. I'm just going to be here. Fuck everyone. Get used to it. I think the coming out wasn't the hardest part. I think it's still really hard for me to correct people because mm-hmm. it feels like I'm constantly maintaining all of my social interactions and relationships to look out for this one thing. And that's hard. It's mm-hmm. hard to be like so constantly aware. Mm-hmm. And yeah. because I am, I'm constantly vigilant. Yeah. I know like every time someone refers to me in the third person, every time someone comes to the table and is like, can I get you ladies anything else? I'm right. constantly aware of that. And we're yeah. going to talk a lot about that because both of you have experiences of having to deal with it. And it's something that I'm understanding more, but clearly I, I wouldn't understand that from personal experience and, you know, neither would and Mary. And it might be easy to say someone like our friend Kimberly, mm-hmm. well, why didn't you just stay a man? Because then you could just date women anyway. Like you like women, right? Why don't you just stay yeah. a man? That's such a small way of thinking. Well, also it's like, yeah, maybe that's, quote, the easier path for other people. Mm-hmm. But, but she not feel, for yourself. Right. 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 If, if you're looking exactly. in the mirror and, and you just feel hatred for what you're seeing yeah. in front of you or some version of that. Right. It's like, that is not the easier path. No. Not no. at all. Um, she could have easily stayed a man to make everyone else comfortable, to make right. uh, her children comfortable, mm-hmm. um, her wife at the time comfortable. For sure could have made it easier for them. And for me, that shows how deep this feeling that she has Mm -hmm. must be the fact that you would sacrifice so many important people in your life because you need to be yourself. And that's not a selfish thing to want to be yourself, but I'm just saying no one would do this just to get attention. When you start the process, Mm -hmm. there is too much uncertainty and anxiety for you to just kind of flippantly go through this without it being... When I started coming out, people started telling me, oh, you're so courageous, blah, blah. And I always kind of said, I never really felt courageous. I mm-hmm. felt more compelled. Mm. Like I had to do this for myself. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Should we jump to Jamie for a few minutes and get sure. some background there? And then we're, mm-hmm. we're, we'll do a bunch of back and forth. Sure, so. sure. But first, let's take a quick break and then get to Jamie's story after that. What do you say? I like it. Sounds good. Let's do it. All right. Be right back. We're back and it's time to hear from Jamie, who has written into our podcast a bunch, Shelley. Uh, Jamie's Jamie's a pretty awesome listener, not going to lie. We, we appreciate her. Yeah, she sure is. Jamie's been piping in from time to time with uh, lovely messages. I love I love this. This is so great to have you both here, you by the way. You can't, you can't keep me quiet? I've been trying. I, listen, <laughs> I put her in a headlock earlier and Jamie, she just kept going. Jamie, we did not meet at a Pride Festival, but we met her at... Um, Taco Bomba. Taco Bomba, mm-hmm. we've talked about before. <laughs> Best tacos in D.C. It's, it's true. It's a pretty good story. <laughs> And I promise if you're listening. <laughs> hey. Bartender listens to our podcast. Uh, yeah, Jamie was there with some high school friends, right? That's right, yeah. Yep, and uh, we just started talking about the podcast, as we do. Mm-hmm. Can't seem to help ourselves. And then next thing you know, Jamie's a listener. Wait, wait, let me back up a little wait, bit. So, okay. so your friends were there, and they're like, yeah, we're meeting a buddy here. No one said anything about the buddy. And because these were two like big dudes, I was expecting an- another big dude. Well, plus it's like a friend from yeah, high school Yeah, our buddy football. from high school our football. football. I'm like, right. I, you know, <laughs> was not prepared for the, be- for the beauty that is Jamie. <laughs> um, but Jamie shows up and at first I was like, oh, 
And then it was this feeling of like, I, I actually felt honored that I got to meet you because I didn't have any trans people in my life in this area. We're, um, all, we're all honored to have you in our lives. <laughs> just for who you are, because you're a wonderful and, and kind yes. and Thank you. person. Thank you. Yes, you're absolutely, I know. I know I sound like a total privileged white person. I so get it. <laughs> or maybe just old. Old. Maybe, maybe, you're, maybe you're dating yourself. But it's yourself. the fact that I'm like, oh my gosh, I get to experience this different kind of person. And I, I, I know it sounds like shit. No, no, <laughs> Stop leave, sending in the hate mail. What I meant was... <laughs> well, the second thought was, Jamie might like our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you were just trying to get a new patron. Why are you on my <laughs> did you Did you guys, like, give me an armband or something that I night? Know, did we <laughs> on us? I don't know. Oh, we probably did. Maybe. I know it sounds horrible. I don't know how to make it sound, but I thought like, wow, this is going to be awesome getting to know someone who is not like me and someone that I don't understand. I look forward to it, actually. Well, you know what? I felt that night, I, I can remember walking in and and you were having a little bit of a look of surprise on your face. Like, mm-hmm. oh, this well, is- Well, I thought you'd like, be some big like, burly dude. Right. <laughs> Both of my friends are quite, you know, big guys, mm-hmm. but you immediately, you just opened up to me and you're like welcoming and it was so easy to talk to you both actually that night. So it was- oh, uh, Thank you. I felt like I got this warm reception, you know, that I frankly wasn't expecting. I was showing up to meet my two old friends uh-huh. and, and then I got to meet y'all. So that was, it was great. Yeah, yeah. I had a great time. I've um, been full time now for about a month. It's beautiful. And um, it's been it's been really super. Actually, let me jump back a couple of years. So about two and a half years ago, um, I was I was married. I, ha- I have a 16 year old son now. Great kid. Two and a half years ago, my my ex and I split up, and it wasn't directly related to me coming out. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of looking back and thinking about it and talking a lot about it, I think it certainly had an impact on our relationship. Sure, of course. But when when we did separate for primarily different reasons, when we finally broke up, look, we had been married sixteen years, and we finally got to the point where we said, "You and I don't have loving feelings for each other. Mm-hmm. We have this son that we want to make sure we take care of." Let's do the best thing for him. And and we decided that was for us to separate. Gotcha. The first kind of year after that, I discovered online dating. About a year later, I started dating this transgender woman. Was that your first time da- dating a transgender? Actually, it wasn't. Mm-hmm. Um, in the late 90s, I dated right. a transgender woman. But this time, I dated this woman. And I remember it was not very long into the relationship where she actually turned to me one day and said, I think you're transgender. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, like, she was the one that recognized it before I even admitted it to myself. And God bless her. She was so helpful. Like, she's the person who, like, started teaching me about putting on makeup, first time I went out in public, and all those kind of things. It was Mm -hmm. so nice having someone to hold your hand through those Mm -hmm. experiences because it's a little scary. It's a little Mm -hmm. uncomfortable. You know, ultimately, she liked me as a guy. She was, like, very generous in the fact that she was like, you know, I, I started dating you as a guy. That's the way I kind of envisioned our relationship going. If you're going to transition, maybe you're not the right person for me. Sure. But we've stayed friends. Oh, you know, God, we, I was about to ask, we, are we still friends? Yeah, we still do talk. Um, she, moved, she moved to Pittsburgh, so it's not like she's close by, but, yeah. um, we, you know, we're on online together and talk about it. Um, what were the signs, do you think? She, yeah, how did she pick that up? How did she think yeah. that you were... You know, I, I just, I was kind of open to kind of experimenting about things. And we talked about, you know, what it meant for her transition. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember there was this night where it's like, 
I think I'd like to get dressed up and let's go out, you know, as a, as a, you know, two girls, mm-hmm. you know, and since I've gone through this, I've had a bunch of people say to me, you're much more relaxed as a woman. There was one woman that I, that I dated in that first year, um, as, as a guy. And then later I, you know, as I was kind of moving down this path, I called her up and I had told her and I, I like met her out as me. And after about an hour, she was like, you're a lot cooler as a woman, you know, I, I just, and, you know, it's, it's funny. You weren't like scratching your crotch and spitting. <laughs> oh, geez. <laughs> Sorry. That's <laughs> what I do. <laughs> yeah, you do that now. <laughs> so like all that initial me figuring things out was kind of early 2018. And, and in the process, I met, I met some other trans women. I met this one woman from, uh, from New York. Mm-hmm. Um, Gina was her name. Last, I think it was July, we took this trip to California. We both flew out to San Francisco and basically drove from Napa Valley all the way to Los Angeles along the coast, you know, and we just had this great week. And it was like the first week where I was just myself for the entire wow. week. You How know? did that feel? It, it felt super just waking up and like kind of getting dressed and yep. and going out and yeah. you know like when like we spent every day together you know we were kind of traveling companions yeah. you know it wasn't a it wasn't a romantic relationship but it was um like two good friends traveling down the coast and i just had these great times where i was like you know this is me i feel so comfortable like, i love it just walking down the street of you know west hollywood or you felt like, wherever like, i was like you, you know? belong it felt right yeah exactly yeah. exactly i'm thinking of the time the very first time i went to a, a wedding and i was not concerned about how i dressed so i was going to dress in khakis and a white shirt and a tie like the men because i didn't care i was already out not that i identify as a man but i was never going to wear a dress again and we stayed at a hotel before the wedding and we were there with a bunch of friends who were men it was great because i got dressed with all the men you know and then tucking our shirts in and tightening our belts and i had john help me with my tie because i know how to tie tie and it just felt right you know just like you're saying it just felt like oh this is what i want to do and it's just a simple thing of getting dressed for a wedding with guys like that felt so right and so for you just Waking up, getting dressed up, and going out shopping with a girlfriend. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's beautiful. I, I totally understand that. I want to quickly jump in and yeah, give you a, a moment to draw a distinction, if you want, between gender presentation and your gender identity. I don't know if that's a distinction that you want to make, but I want to leave room for that to happen. Yeah, explain that to me, please. Because I know a lot of people who identify as women who dress really butch, but mm-hmm. I think there's a difference between that and your gender identity. For sure. And so presentation and identity can be separate and not necessarily tied. And so like having your gender presentation be what you want is super awesome. And that's great. And we we love that. But I want to make sure that you have space to talk about that in relation to identity necessarily. I don't identify as a, as a man, but I feel more comfortable and more like myself. Yeah, that, but that's, well, no that's, one that's presentation, fu- yeah, but right? no one would have thought uh-huh. I was a man. It was just dressing that way. I don't yeah. know. That just goes to you show there's a Poundstone, baby. You know, that's think, right. There's a huge gambit here. There, nothing is exact. You know, you're you're I right. Th- I think this goes to something you said earlier about being kind of acutely aware of what people call you. Like when people mm-hmm. misgender you, you always recognize it. I'm the same way. Even if people try and glance over it and correct it, I'm logging it in my head. <laughs> You know, I know how many times it's happened um, because it actually has a f- emotional impact on me, at least. I identify as a woman, but I will. And I, and I think a lot of transgender women are, are kind of like this. We, we try and be more feminine because we're trying to be accepted by society. Mm-hmm. And the more feminine I present myself, the more I get actually identified that way by other people. And that makes me feel better. And there's not like a sign I can put on that says, mm-hmm. call me by female pronouns. Um, right. There's like a place where I park my car during the week and they 
keep misgendering me. I don't know why, but uh, <laughs> we will yeah. kick their asses too. We can make you a T-shirt. Yeah, okay, maybe that would help. <laughs> don't <you know>? misgender <laughs> me, <Call> me fuckers. <laughs> <laughs> but I like that point you made about there's a difference between presentation and I try and present as much as society kind of the societal norms yeah, for women. Yeah, do you do that for society or I don't do it for society. Like, I don't really care, you know, mm-hmm. what the fuck people think mm-hmm. about me. I know what I am. Right. But I do have this emotional reaction when people misgender me. Mm-hmm. And by presenting more femininely, I get misgendered less. Gotcha. And that makes me feel better. Got mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Is that what you were kind of getting at? Getting at? Well, I think that adds in really well just to talk about the difference between presentation and identity because they are different. We should yes. talk about them differently. Yes. Mm-hmm. If I look like like I'm dressing more masculine, doesn't necessarily mean that I feel like I'm a man. Is yeah. that what you mean? Okay. Yeah. And I think that's where I lie. I still feel like a woman, but I'm more comfortable. See, but then mm-hmm. I, this is my question. What does a woman feel like? Well, I, I don't want. Just, I don't want to be a man. I you guess you just you know you know. I just feel like yeah. me. I don't really think I'm. I feel like a woman necessarily. You feel like a woman to me. <laughs> okay, baby. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I, uh, get around. I think it's something. I it's, think it's all under boob. <laughs> yeah, it's all about the under boob. Hundred <laughs> percent. It's something you know. You know. You know, and I love this conversation because there's so many different. I feel this way. I feel this way. I present this way. I present that way. I think some of it is. I mean, it comes down to language. I mean, mm-hmm. people don't have good ways of expressing yes. this diversity of, gen- of genders. That's true. Yeah. Because, Absolutely. I mean, like, if you look at English isn't so much this way, but a lot of, like, Latin languages, they, they have kind of gender declensions of, of verbs, for example, you know? So, like, it's kind of been built true. into the language where mm-hmm. it's, it's like— I agree with that so much. I, I've never heard anyone articulate it like that before. Jamie's that kind was, of a badass. Yeah. So. <laughs> That's something I struggled with so much to be like, I don't think that there are words to describe what I'm feeling. Oh. Yeah, is that I something that, that we yeah. we want to move on to discuss that a little bit? Or well, did you I want to hear Jamie's sure. story. Yeah, yeah okay. whatever. Um, yeah. Your story. Um, yeah, okay. So forget where I left off. Okay, we talked about the trip to uh, California. Yes, yes. Um, that was like the first six months of 2018. Mm-hmm. And and then I had that trip and I was like, okay, this is really me. This felt mm-hmm. so good. It's beautiful. And then it was like, from then on, it was me figuring out how to become me, like mm-hmm. how to blossom, if you will. And so I started... Basically, around October, I had a discussion with some other transgender women that I knew and uh, started talking about hormone therapy and then found a um, nurse practitioner in D.C. who prescribed me hormones. So in mm-hmm. January, I basically um, started hormones. Like I think I got the prescription in December and then started officially in January. First kind of non-transgender uh, community that I came out to were my mom and my sister in, uh, in December. What was their reaction? They were so loving. Oh, it was, I love it you, was mom awesome. and sister. Yeah, yeah. Um, did they suspect at all? Or this, did just just blow them away? My sister said she did not expect it. But mm-hmm. um, I kind of had this presentation that I had thought through in my head. And mm-hmm. it kind of started mm-hmm. with, hey, here's a picture of me that, you know, here's right. how I look. This is how I'm spending my days, you know, mostly. So as soon as I told my sister, she just said, hold on. I love you no matter what. Ugh. That's beautiful. And then she said, I always wanted a sister, you know. And, <laughs> and, and she's she, like, I can't wait to do your makeup and we're going to go out. Oh, my God. Aww. Sister, we adore you. I never met you. I love you. And um, <laughs> my sister's Karen. Someday I will introduce Aww, you. Karen, Karen, you are a beautiful human. <laughs> beautiful human. But she gave me a big hug. Because I would have kicked your ass if you'd have been mean to find Jamie. I'm just saying. I would have cut you. Okay. Um, Easy. And then... Um, 
I purposely I didn't really want to make Christmas about my coming out, you know, because you know everybody's there. So I told her after, kind of in between. I think Jesus needs upstaging. That's true. <laughs> there you go. Jesus, <laughs> like, why me again? We've done this for two thousand years. <laughs> Give someone else the spotlight. God damn it. <laughs> the patron, it's a Christmas miracle. <laughs> the, the, the patron saint of the United States is Saint Nicholas. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, we had already talked about going out for New Year's Eve, mm-hmm. and uh, so my sister and her husband. Um, uh, hi, John. Hi, John. And uh, John's awesome. He's originally from Nova Scotia, Canadian. All those Canadians. Oh, I, they're I, so nice. I love they those Canucks. Let's just do that. Let's just a? throw all the stereotypes out. <laughs> but, you know, we had plans for New Year's, and uh, this other couple uh, was going with us. And I, after I came out to my sister, I was like, you know, I'd really like to ring in the New Year as myself. So I did. And it was Aww. so awesome. I mean, it was great. I love it. Yeah, it was really great. You're just like grabbing onto that shit and doing it. And that's where I talk about being compelled is like, from then on, it was kind of like one step after another. Yeah. And Well, and you had a, a career as a man. So, yeah, there was definitely a, a certain amount of anxiety about, like, how is this going to play out at work? And um, I was pretty confident about kind of my personal friends. I think they would be okay. But there was, you know, I, I was kind of living in three worlds, if you will. So I had work. I had my son. And I didn't want to come out in the middle of the school year to mm-hmm. him. So I wanted to wait until the end of the school year. So there was a community of people kind of around him. He's a Boy Scout and, mm-hmm. and all that. Did anyone at work know at all? No. At the point? Okay. No one at work knew. So it was it was work. Boy Scouts, if you will, and and then everything else. And so mm-hmm. from December on, as much as possible outside of, you know, work in Boy Scouts, I was me. Was it hard for you to have to go back into yeah. the man, Jamie, if we're calling it that? Was that painful? It was, you know, I didn't have a diagnosis, but I think I was really depressed for mm-hmm. part of wow. last year. Be- because yeah. I've had these conversations with, you know, my, my assistant at work. Last year, I used to work from home a lot. You know, because I would get up and I just like, it was so oppressive to like put on a suit. Yeah. Like yeah. you've talked about like how it's triggering. If you, to, if you, you have know? To, yeah, yeah, that would be triggering for you. Yeah. But to like put on a suit and a tie and, and go hop on the Metro and ride down to DC. Mm. I can remember just sitting on those like, God, oh, I hate this. I don't this. want to do this. I hate this. You this know? is not me. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so luckily I was in a job where I could work from home some. So I just kind of love those days where I would like, eh, I'm going to work from home today. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put on some makeup and sit around and go out, to, awesome. you know, I'll go out to lunch somewhere. And Were you ever worried going out to lunch somewhere that someone would see you? I'm sure at some point I kind of felt like if I go all the way back to 2018, yeah, mm-hmm. there were some points where I was a little concerned with that. But mm-hmm. um, I kind of got to a point where it's like, you know what? I've been out enough. People pretty much treat me well. I, yeah. I, I think that's one benefit of being in the D.C. area. You know, luckily, it's, yeah, a, friendly, it's a friendly kind of area. You're I, not the only trans woman on the block. Yeah, I, right. I, I've really never had a bad experience out that's in public. Awesome. When I came back from um, New Year's, um, my mom and sister in Ithaca, New York, mm-hmm. came back to D.C. And immediately, I just kind of started coming out to people. You know, I kind of prioritized the people that I hung around a lot. Yeah. Some close friends. I mentioned I was I was waiting for my son to finish this school year, which he finished in June. So I had kind of this period from January to June that was really challenging in that, like, my son would come over and stay with me for a weekend. Mm-hmm. And there were so many times I just wanted to, like, grab him and tell him. I, I know exactly what you mean. And yeah. I felt like... Did you I, feel like you were lying to him? I did. Yeah. I did. So, yeah. you Sucks. know, part of this whole... um Accepting who I really was, was it's been freeing. As I've come out to people, by opening myself up, people have opened themselves up to me. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. And I've had so many people come to me and say, 
oh, I've got a um, a gay brother or a gay relative, or um, they just kind of told me things that they would have never otherwise told me until mm. they found out what I was going through. And yeah. and that's been a super rewarding. I mean, it just makes me feel really Absol- great. Absolutely. I think that's part of, for instance, the podcast where we just come out and, and just lay it out there. Yeah. People want to respond with, well, here, here's my dirt. Here's my problems. Here's my suffering. And it's good to be able to be a recipient of that. And you would never yep. be a recipient if you weren't vulnerably honest with those people to begin with. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. June was when I came out to my son. Um, and so I had this kind of build up to that. There were, like I said, hard times when mm-hmm. I wanted to come out to him, but I I, I also felt like it would have been um, selfish for me to do it. For to you. To kind of make it easier for yeah, me. And sense. I was really more concerned with mm-hmm. with him. But once I came out to him, I, I kind of said to myself, fuck it. Yeah. Like he was because the one. he's the one person yeah. that really mattered to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And after telling him... No one else really mattered. Fuck, fuck the world. I'm just going to be at me. At that point, it's all about me. Yeah. And um, hey, go back and listen to episode 20. <laughs> <laughs> That's I, your letter, right? Which I've labeled my episode. <laughs> For sure, your episode. <laughs> well, you have two episodes now. I know. That's you right, got no. 20 and uh, 39. <laughs> um, but I, you know, I wrote into y'all, and um, your story about coming out to your kids gave me so much hope because. I kind of felt like my son would be okay with it Mm -hmm. because I think this generation of young people are just like... They're kind and accepting. Yeah, Yeah. they're so much more accepting. Mm -hmm. They're great. I mean, compared to like my generation back in the 80s, we were terrible. We We were terrible. (laughs) But um, when I finally came out to him, I sat him down on the couch and he listened. I kind of got emotional as I was Mm -hmm. leading up to it. And at one point he kind of reached out and he put his arm on my my arm and he just... It was the kindest gesture I have ever felt from someone. And Jamie's I, son, we adore you. Yeah. And and I was crying, and Aww. I and I can remember thinking to myself, "I'm glad there's an adult in the room, and it's not me." <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Do you think he had any idea? One thing in the lead up to me coming out to him, like in the several months before when I was waiting, I made it a point to talk to him about diversity kind of in general and Mm, gender diversity specifically, Mm -hmm. because I was trying to feel him out like, okay, is this going to be an issue for him? Yeah. And one thing that gave me confidence is he always seemed pretty comfortable talking about it. That's That's awesome. You know, that's a good way to put the feelers out. Yeah. Yeah. And I think he knows uh, other gay students in his high school. He didn't know any transgender students, but... um, he was always comfortable talking about gender diversity, and that gave me a lot of hope. And ultimately, I think it was fine. That's great. So, so now, now you're out and out. Like, there's, yeah, there's yeah. no one that nope. you're keeping this from anymore. No, no. I, in fact, after coming out to my son, pretty shortly after that, I started talking to my company. I, mm-hmm. I work at a law firm in D.C., and our firm has um, good diversity policies, and they just had never had someone transition. Okay. And so I was kind of the first at my trailblazer. My firm. I get to be a trailblazer, yeah. right? Yeah, exactly. But like our HR person lives in Florida, and she actually flew up to DC to talk to me about oh, wow. like how it would go. And she told me this right away: is like we want to make this good for you. Like oh, we want right. your experience That's to be amazing. good. Amazing. That wouldn't happen in like Provo, Utah. I'm just. <laughs> <laughs> well, you mean the Mormon church doesn't have a diversity? I, mean, no, I don't think they, they even have an HR department. They don't have one. They have the honor code. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Fuckers. yeah, they don't have a written transition policy of some no. sort. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> but um, when I talk about this with people and, and my transition, I feel like I won the transition lottery in some respects because mm-hmm. 
both my friends and and my son and my work have all been very accepting. Yeah. And I've talked to other women who, you know, have lost family members. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, God God bless some of the the older transgender women that I know who came out in the 70s wow. and the and the 80s. I can remember being a teenager in, in the 80s and I don't think I had any kind of language to even talk about I didn't, what I didn't a transgender know person mm-hmm. right. you know, was, yeah. you know? Yeah. I mean, it was it like... It was called transvestite and it was a swear word yeah, in my home. It was, yeah, it was it, making fun of exactly. someone. Yeah. You know, it yeah. was like a um, derogatory term. Sure. Yep. And, yep. You know. Just like queer. Queer was derogatory yeah. when I was growing up in the 80s and 90s. I love that we've reclaimed queer. I know. You know all those queer. Yeah, exactly. I love queer so are, much. Are we considered queer? Like queer oh, encompasses. Yes. No, you can identify as whatever you want. I think oh, some so people true. really like queer. Some people don't like queer. Mm-hmm. I yeah. like queer because it's like, figure it out yourself. You know, like. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You don't yeah. have to tell people too much yeah, information. I don't explain it. Just know that I'm not. Yeah. So is there anyone that you have not come out to yet, Carolyn? Um, to go back to that idea of putting out feelers. I remember when my mom was picking me up from school. We went to the David Bowie exhibit in New York. It out. It's, it's a it. great exhibit. Oh, <laughs> it was so awesome. much fun. Um, it was a really emotional experience for me because David Bowie did a lot of gender experimentation. Yeah, yeah. right. That's and true. to see that and be like, wow, there are other people like me, that there's a history of me. Yeah. And I had, I just had so much fun and it was great. And then I remember we were on the car ride back and there was a silence and my mom said, David Bowie did some really wacky gender stuff. That was really weird, wasn't it? Oh. And I had thought about coming out to her then in mm-hmm. that car ride. Mm-hmm. I had thought about saying, you know, David Bowie did this stuff. This is stuff that I want to do too. And then she said that and I was just crushed. Oh, yeah. oh my God. I can imagine. So for our listeners, wow. you don't know who's gay. You don't know who's queer. You don't have a safe place to make queer jokes, okay? Right. It's, it's never right. it's never right. funny um, because you don't know. And even if you do know, it's still not funny to make fun of a marginalized group. I know my son Gavin, before he came out, he would make gay jokes, like he'd call his friends fags and that's so gay. And I'd be like, Gavin, you need to be careful who you say that around because this person that you're that you're jokingly calling gay and you don't, you don't mean any harm, you don't know if they're gay or not. I mean, you might be hurting them. And he goes, oh, my gaydar is on point, mom. Don't worry about that. I've got this and inside I'm like oh my god when I tell this kid I'm gay he's gonna be like but you know what I would argue that it's not okay to make that joke even and if you even don't, if you don't, don't know if you're in you're right. situation you're right yeah. I was trying to be like let's curb this kid you know I mean I'm yeah. not gonna tell him this is how you need to talk to your best friend or just to be respectful in general sure to humans. for, for yeah. sure yeah. but I'm like just because you can't look at someone and necessarily tell if they're gay or transgender or whatever it is so Using these kind of slurs as a joke is just never the best idea. There's never a good time to make fun of another group of people. No, you're right. It's really never tasteful. In our history, we talked a little bit about this earlier tonight, and it's like, that's so gay Mm -hmm. was this phrase that got used all the time. Like it still is used. It still is used. You're right. I see my kids saying, I'm like, guys, your mom's gay. Sorry, mom. Yeah. Yeah. And and it's like, (laughs) frankly, it's offensive. It's like, why is it? it, Unless you're talking about something amazing, like, dude, that's so gay. I love it. That's what you do. You should turn that shit around. I I do like that. Reclaim it. Reclaim it. Just like when they start, the skater started saying, dude, that's so sick. And it was a cool thing. Yeah. This is like 20 years ago. Like, dude, that's so gay. I love it. It's like queer it up, you know? Yeah. We're queering the phrase. We're queering it. Oh my God. That's beautiful. We're going to start doing that shit. You know, you mentioned David Bowie. I think he was so ahead of his time. Oh, for sure. I can remember um, in the mid eighties, he was on Saturday Night Live. 
And mm-hmm. I actually... Carolyn wasn't born yet. Yeah, I'm oh. sorry. <laughs> well, uh, I, I can remember being at a friend's house. Um, uh, it was a, a guy that I played football with. And I was just hanging out at his house. And David Bowie was on... He was the, you know, the guest music guest on Saturday Night Live. And I forget, I forget what he played. But we like listened to it and we're kind of rocking out a little bit. And this friend's dad was sitting there too. And he said something homophobic. I forget mm-hmm. exactly what. But I remember just thinking, he's fucking awesome. Like, who? Right. I, I don't give a shit. He's a rock yeah. star. Yeah, he's a rock star. Yeah, he's, he's, he's a literally a rock you star. Care? Yeah. Exactly. No, I, get I mean, it. think about all the gender fluid rock stars that made yeah. such an impact. Like yeah. Prince. Mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. Prince. A lot of people. Freddie Mercury. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. All, all the big hair and makeup type people. Yeah, yeah. For sure. Yeah, I. I also think to go back to your question about people who I'm not out to. Yes. I think it's Jamie and I have different experiences, right? People really instantly perceive me as female. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something that it's not going to change. You know, like I can't make them not do that. Right. Um, and so I think that I'm I'm not out to like a lot of people, you know, unless I explicitly correct someone on my pronouns. Most people don't know how I identify. So how do you prefer to be identified? I'm non-binary. Mm-hmm. I'm not a woman, which is you're, a distinction. You're not he, you're not she, you're they. I'm is they. that what you want to be called? Um, mm-hmm. And I think that's a distinction that uh, especially my parents struggled with. It's like, I'm non-binary. I use they, them pronouns and I'm not a woman. And that's a distinction that I know they really struggled with. And I remember when I first said the word trans, they're like, what? Trans? Like, what is that? And I'm like, yeah. So when I say non-binary, that mm-hmm. means that I don't identify as a woman, which means that I'm trans. Right. And right. that was something that they really struggled with. And they still struggle with it. I think my parents are yet to use the they, them pronoun with mm-hmm. me. Wow. Um, Ever? Yeah. My oh. sister has, because my I love my sister. Also, great sister. She's younger yeah. than me. Um, love you, younger sister. And she has really done a really good job. But my parents have not have not gotten there. And it's also like it's been almost a year now. Mm-hmm. And it's it's hurtful because they, they haven't tried. I haven't feel like they've tried with the pronouns. And I also think that they've made it into a joke almost. Oof. Oh no. Sometimes that, like where do they live? Oh, it sucks. <laughs> like we'll be talking <laughs> we about a, a like a like a marker that looks red, but the marker is green. And my dad's like, that's a trans marker. Nope, it's not oh, a trans marker. What? Oh, no. Or I that's remember, pretty insensitive. I can't imagine that he's meaning to hurt you. I feel but really it's like, bad. It's pretty don't insensitive. Say that. Yeah, that's yeah, not yeah. What yeah. It is. It's right. not what trans is. So wait. So help me out here, real quick, because me being raised Mormon and not knowing these things, for some reason, I was under the impression that trans means you are transitioning, meaning like going through the process of becoming the other gender. Is does trans just mean that you identify otherwise? So I think trans is an umbrella term. Trans okay. means you don't identify as cisgendered. So cisgendered yep. is that. You were assigned a certain gender at birth based on your secondary sex characteristics. Mm-hmm. And you identify as And you as identify that as that gender. And transgender means you don't. Okay. And it has nothing to do with hormones or surgeries no, or okay. nothing to do with that. Gotcha. Because yeah. you can be trans and not so that's called a medical transition. Gotcha. Where you take hormones or you have surgery. And so you can be trans and not medically transition. Good to know. I didn't know that. There's a social transition, there's a medical transition. There's a lot of different ways to be trans mm-hmm. and to identify and to present. Interesting. Let me let me just like put yeah, this please. out there for um for people who may not know many transgender people. And and I've experienced this a few times. It's mm-hmm. like, don't like in the first thirty seconds walk up to a trans person and ask them what surgeries they've had. Oh God, oh, no, never do that. Okay. Oh, God. Have you None of your done that? I've had. What's that? their address? I've had, we have yeah. a list of people who <laughs> asked us <laughs> next week. Wow, it's mostly been older people. Sure, um, not yeah. the, grandma. Not, stop. Not, but um, it's it's like I get that you're curious. 
still, you wouldn't walk up to a non-trans person and ask them and ask them about their genitals. You know, yeah, it's like, and you wouldn't on. go up to a woman be like, "Are those fake?" Like you, you that's right, just, right. It's not, it's not, it's not the same thing, business. but it's not. It's, it's not. not yeah. It's not for you. You don't yeah. have. You don't get to have access to yeah. that. Yeah. So here's a pure curiosity question: Within a, the trans community, is there different? I don't want to say respect given, but for people who have had the surgeries or who have not, is that a thing? So there's this idea of passing, right? And uh-huh. you're t- touching on this earlier. Passing is that you are perceived by the people around you who don't know you as the gender that you identify with. Mm-hmm. And okay. so that's something that I know there have been a lot of discussions about within the trans community about being what is passing. Should we even try to pass? So that's like a big a big topic of discussion huh? and something that's still being discussed. And I think it's really up to people. I also think that there are a lot of really great trans artists and creators and thinkers who are doing a lot of this thinking online that are just, you know, a Google search away. I'd call it specifically Alok. They are on Instagram. They're this really great... Spell that. A-L-O-K. Okay. Um, and they do a lot of thinking about this that I really recommend. And they have some really great work. That is awesome. So has that been challenging for you specifically uh, identifying as non-binary because there's not really passing? Yeah. So that's, I think that's what I was touching on. It's like, am I out to everyone? There isn't really a passing version of non-binary. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. Because one day you're kind of leaning one way and the other day you're feeling, it doesn't matter. Is that? Well, it's also like, I look like people perceive me as a woman, no matter what I do. Like I, I try, but that's how people perceive me. Gotcha. And I'm also, I don't want to be a man. And so I'm not going to try to be perceived as a man. Uh Uh-huh. Jamie wanted to say something. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Jamie. Um, forgotten what I oh, wanted I'm to so say. Sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I just You're going like to tell me how great I look tonight. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> nice underboob. <laughs> Finally, I get credit for the underboob. Shit, it's We're always getting married. all the jokes in today. <laughs> we have to. Wait, where is this? Um, We're starting to think it's all fake. Is that ever going to... Oh, gender. Um, oh, We're episode? starting to think it's all fake. As our friend Diana would say, it's all a construct. Gender it's is all a construct. construct. Yeah. You're, yep, there you go. That's beautiful. Mm-hmm. But right now, I think we are out of time. What? Boo. No, we're not even done. But we could pick this up again next week, shall we? Let's make Let's them do come it. Back. Okay. okay, we'll make them back. Come back. They have no choice. <laughs> Special thanks to our guests once again, Carolyn and Jamie. We will hear from you again next time. Uh, Meanwhile, steer clear of cults, even though we didn't really talk about cults today, did we? Um, no. Not too much. (laughs) But that doesn't mean that we shouldn't steer clear of them. Oh, that's true. That's always good advice. And why should we steer clear? Um, I believe they're no joke. No joke. Okay, talk to you later. (laughs) Bye-bye.